Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. As someone who constantly travels to new locations out of state to hunt, I have to rely on map scouting before I even get in the truck. Onyx Hunt Maps makes it super easy for me to plan out my trips as well as track my success while on the trip. The offline maps along with the tracking feature and ability to add pictures to my waypoints means I can always reference old trips and hunts to better prepare for the next. When planning your next hunt, be sure to use Onyx to put you and your dog in the best situation you can. Use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20% and know where you stand with Onyx. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. And so when you go in to help somebody else, this is an excellent, you need to know their plan and ask the questions before the session actually starts so that you know clearly what you're actually supposed to do. Do you have trouble physically making it through long hunts? Is your dog always giving you that angry look telling you to keep up? You train your dog, but now it's time to train yourself. Rocky Mountain Hunt Strong is the company for any hunter that is looking for an effective fitness routine to get healthier and be able to hunt longer and harder. This company has merged fitness and the passion of hunting to help people like you and me continue to do what we love. From the Rockies to the Smokies and every field or prairie in between, this company can get you ready to go longer, cover more ground, and recover quicker. Go to RockyMountainHuntStrong.com and see their program for yourself. Use the discount code GDIY to save 15% and get to work. Train harder, hunt stronger, and recover faster. And welcome back to another week of GDIY, everybody. Me and Adam are here to talk about training etiquette this week to follow up on our last week's episode with hunting etiquette. Yeah, we had a lot of fun going down uh, the list of all the things that we screw up as far as training. <laughs> yeah. And last week's episode was great. We actually got a pretty good amount of feedback, a uh, few more suggestions that we didn't touch on, but most of them were just kind of caveats and Oh man, that was exactly right. And right. I've dealt with this. I've dealt with that. A couple guys even like, I'm guilty of that. Yeah. And I need to stop that. That was a good reminder. Appreciate it. I'm like, Hey, all right, cool. <laughs> as I went back and listened to the hunting etiquette and even the training etiquette too, as I'm listening to it, I'm going, yeah, I need to make sure I don't do that, you know? So. <laughs> yep. So we have training etiquette this week, which uh, we applied this weekend, especially you, you got three days of training in this weekend and yeah, man. I just got the one in today, but uh, yeah. So you got to work steadiness. Is that what you worked on all three days? Yeah. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, well today, yeah. Uh, steadiness all weekend uh, and it went went pretty well uh he's steady to birds that are flying but if if it's a runner he's 
It's like he can't stand it and he has to break. <laughs> so got to work on that. But uh, Coming overall, along. it went pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's going yeah. good. Well, we're out it's there. It's getting expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do that. We need these pigeons that are just hurry up and grow up. We, right. we got a few hatchlings, but yeah, the uh, no pigeons definitely makes it a, a, expensive. But heck, yep. I mean, at least you're not doing what I'm doing with Lucy and just literally just putting them in a trap and as soon as she smells it launch it and you're just watching them fly away and it's like eh, there goes five ten bucks yeah, right. I, don't, I don't know if you heard it but uh connor goes why aren't we shooting these birds <laughs> <laughs> and i had to explain that we're working on staunchness and he's kind of like i don't that doesn't make any sense we well, need to shoot these birds <laughs> <laughs> well connor's out there for one reason one reason only that's, that's to right. shoot birds for us and he enjoys it and he's good at it too but uh but yeah, so it was a good day today. We had a few people out there, so um, went pretty smooth. We out there for a little longer than what we originally thought, but we had a lot of dogs to get through there, and each dog was working on individual stuff. And obviously, you had steadiness, Lucy. We were working on staunchness, and and Rachel and Norm's Norm's dogs. We did a little brace and honoring work and stuff like that. So it was a lot of a lot of good work, and really ended on a positive note for me finally seeing lucy's point really yeah come through on really that last staunch one. on uh on a pen raised birds she's staunch on wild birds like you said but pen raised like she smells her nose is know. it's i hate saying it because it's just like my dog's nose is too good but it, i right. mean it it, it kind of if there's any human scent trap scent anything like that it's kind of like she's just just, I don't know if unsure or just, just like. Well, I watched her today pick up know. bird scent from like 35 yards away, slowly work towards it until she is about 10 or 12 yards away, and then locked up yeah. on point. From a hunting standpoint, it's like, I've got no issues with that. Right. I don't think. Yeah. You know, most of the time, but. But, but yeah. Yeah. We yeah. want to see her point more intense. So. Yeah. It, it was nice to end with that because the first time, of course, you had these traps in the way. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've talked about before. It's, I hate using traps because <laughs> anytime you add something mechanical, it's just an opportunity for something to go wrong. Yep. And it never fails. One trap is just going to mess up. And so it's just like, man, uh, c- come on. It's it's not working right. It just doesn't go to plan. And we talk about that today. You don't get mad, but it's like, man, come on. Yep. So you're get, getting a little frustrated, but you try not to let it you know ruin the rest of the session but then uh, we put her up got her back out and she closed it out with the best point i've seen on a pen raised bird yet and uh it was it was pretty close to how she points a wild bird and that was she was pretty far off from that bird too so i was really happy to see that and we actually got to get a couple shot sequences in so connor didn't get too upset yes yeah, that's right but um uh, so yeah, we're we're gonna talk training etiquette this week, and it is a little different than hunting etiquette. And we're not we're not trying to discourage anybody from going to a training day or working with a new group. It's just there's a lot of stuff just like hunting etiquette. It's like maybe you should consider it. Uh, we've all been guilty of it before. That's how we probably learned. Is it's like somebody else came up to us and said, "Hey man, you need to do X, Y, and Z." Oh, okay. And you don't know what you don't know. And some people honestly just haven't heard it. And so there's a few points in here and, and yeah, don't get discouraged. If you haven't been to a training day, don't be like, man, there's a lot of rules I got to follow. No, just go. You're, you're going to figure it out. It's just, just like in life, just think it through, be considerate, help, you know, it, yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah. And 
with anything that you get into, when you hear people, the most experienced people will tell you, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. And I mean, I hope I'm always in that still learning mode mm-hmm. because probably not much fun if you feel like you just know everything. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've trained with Norm a decent amount. And when I went with him Friday, it was just me and him and Jackie. And, and I learned from him. I told you earlier in the week, I really learned a lot from Norm today. Um, just slowing down. I'm out there like man on a mission. I've got to get to, I've yeah. got to meet my training objective. And then we put his dog out and we're walking along and enjoying it and talking. Yeah. Jackie's like, this, this is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she wants to go train with Norm, but not you anymore. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, I, I tried to slow down today and, and enjoy, just it. enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm still going to meet my training objective. It, yeah. What I noticed is if, if I calm down and slow down, my dog does the same yep. thing. He's, I mean, he's on edge anyways. He's a short hair. So he's like, <laughs> you know, a nervous wreck sometimes, but, uh, if you're speeding up, you're, you're pressing him yeah. and it's going to push him and right. yeah, just go at the speed of the dog, let the dog hunt. And then, yeah, it's, uh, something to be said for it. They feed off your energy for sure. Yep. So we'll get to that here in a second. Real quick. We do have an Instagram giveaway coming up here in a couple of days is actually going to be across all platforms, Facebook and Instagram this, yep. this week. And it's going to go through the month of March. It's a, it's a pretty big giveaway. We have a, if the winner will get their choice of an intermediate or medium gunner kennel with the whole, whole setup kit, you're going to get the performance pad, the all weather kit, all that fun stuff. But we also have the brand new hunt ready vest that I don't even think that you can purchase right now. I think it's up for pre-purchase right now. So right. they donated a vest for this. And then uh, old Zach at Rocky Mountain Hunt Strong is donating another month of his training program for free and uh, some shirts and hats and stickers and all that fun stuff. So it's a pretty big giveaway. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting here going, <laughs> how do I enter for that next? So yeah. tell everyone how, to, how they entered for the drawing so there, there's going to be instructions on instagram and facebook you just follow the instructions and you'll be entered in your chance but if you want more chances go to patreon you sign up for our patreon account you're going to get more names in the hat so if you're for every dollar donation per month that you sign up for you're going to get your name in the hat that many more times so if you do the ten dollar you get ten more names in the hat if you do five five dollar dollar or dollar for one. Yeah, and you look at the value of all this stuff, a gunner kennel with all-weather kit, orthopedic pad, yep. workout programming from Zach, yep. which is really cool, by the way, because I message him in the middle of my workout you know, on the app, and he hits me back and tells yeah. me how bad I am. <laughs> yep. Oh, I've hit him up before, too. Bill. You know, I had a piece of equipment break, and I'd be like, hey, I can't finish. What I can't, do, I I, with, I can't yeah. do this exercise, and he just shoots you back immediately. Yep. Hey, do this instead. Okay, so all that and Roger that. Yeah. So the the gunner stuff, uh, the stuff from Rocky Mountain Hunt Strong, and the hunt ready vest. Yes. And that hunt ready vest. It's a pretty neat vest. We we got to really check it out and look at it pretty good. And it's a it's a heavy duty vest. It's uh, we're kind of long arm guys mm-hmm. and perfect fit man it it, water bottles are easy to hit you can easily reach into the pouch but it's not that huge cumbersome pouch that you can't get through the grouse woods with almost like there's a couple vests out there that's like yeah i can easily reach into here but i don't need to carry a semi-truck full of 
birds because I don't ever shoot that many birds. And it's modular. So if you yeah. don't like where the water bottles are, you can move them. Yep, you can move them. You can change them out for shell pockets here, add more pouches on the back, big storage thing for, for first aid kits. It's a really impressive vest. It really is. And, it's nice. And so the winner of that, they're, it's going to go through hunt ready. They're going to ship the vest out when they have a batch available, and they're going to be able to fit the – you have a couple different size belts that come with the vest, and so you can pick between the size uh, belt, belt that's going to work best for you and and Heath, and they're going to – Heath's going to get you set up with what you need with that vest. And so it's uh, it's going to be a pretty big giveaway, and it's going to go all month. So just be on the lookout for that. Be sure to follow the instructions on Instagram and Facebook and sign up for Patreon to get more names in the hat. It's that easy. It's that easy. And now onward to training etiquette. Enjoy. If you're currently in the market for a kennel, then be sure to check out Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels is the only kennel that's five-star crash rated from the Center for Pet Safety. The double-wall rotomodal construction ensures it holds up in all types of weather and conditions. Also, Gunner Kennels has a lifetime warranty. These kennels are built to last a lifetime, and Gunner stands behind that. Gunner also has all the accessories you can need, from fan kits to help keep them cool, performance and orthopedic pads to help keep them comfortable and ready to go after long travels and even tie-down straps to help ensure there's no worries for the kennel moving or sliding around in your truck. So if you need man's best kennel for man's best friend, head on over to gundogityourself.com and click on the Gunner link. Be sure to purchase your kennel, accessories, and even gift cards for holidays and birthdays through our link, and it will go a long way in helping out the podcast. So this week we're going to gripe about training etiquette instead of hunting etiquette right last week was about hunting etiquette this week's going to be training uh a lot of people think that it's the same stuff but it's a a lot of different stuff there there's some similarities in some cases uh that i don't have gun safety on here Mm -hmm. that i think everybody knows i'm not belittling it but it's just like gun safety obviously is like priority number one on hunting or training so it's like so we touch on that a little bit on uh Last week's episode with hunting etiquette kind of left it off on this one, but obviously be safe with a gun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, There could be a lot of other similarities too, between hunting and training. That's, that's probably the number one, but you've got a list, uh, that's totally different than what we did last week. Yeah. But, and again, you don't know what's on this list. Yep. So we're going to just kind of give a true response and this is really more so, I mean, yeah, it can be applied to a lot of people that have been training for a while. This is a lot of this stuff might be NAVDA training day specific, but it, it can be applied to any group. It just buddies going out to train, whatever. Uh, but this is this is good advice for people just starting out, maybe not knowing what they're getting into with their first training day, or people that have been doing it for a while. A good reminder on a lot of this stuff. And honestly, some people just don't consider some of this stuff it's not that they're trying to be malicious or get around or or cheat the system so to speak but it's like take into consideration like acknowledge that other people may may notice that you're skipping out on helping when they help you stuff like that sometimes i don't realize i'm being a jerk until someone tells me (laughs) you're you're being being a jerk jerk. that's right so uh let's go ahead and get started the first one this is kind of a general deal to when uh somebody shows up for uh, training or whatever like i don't i don't know what to do it's uh 
Don't do too much too soon. Okay. Yeah, I have a problem with that. I think setting really high expectations and then I want to I want to rush through it, you know, and, yep. and and get to the end goal, but enjoy the process of getting to the end goal rather than rushing to the end goal having a you know, a your finished product's not going to be as good, I think, if you're if you're rushing. So, well, I think this one is it's a really common one and, and came up a lot, and I think everybody has been guilty of this to a certain extent. Especially your first dog, you get it. It's like you have these grand images and dreams for this dog, and it's like I got, I want a hunting dog. I want to I, w- I want this finished hunting dog, and they end up pushing the dog too quick too fast it's not ready for it and, and you can do a lot of harm by doing that it's it's kind of like you overtrain, and so it, it can be detrimental to the progress you actually want to make and it's it's like that saying that you hear a lot of the time in dog training smaller steps gets you to the destination quicker yeah especially with dog training the, the more steps you can make I think the the better off you're going to be. I was talking to Ken McAdow, uh, the guy that I got Mitchell from earlier this week. And I'm like, Hey, when are you going to run utility? And he goes, oh, not to the fall. And I'm like, I'm going to test in the spring. Okay. Maybe the summer, you know, I keep pushing <laughs> it back. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I should probably get on that fall program too. And he goes, yeah, if I test any earlier, yeah. I, I won't have a dog to train. So. Well, I mean, it, it's like somebody gets a seven or eight week puppy home. And we've all seen the people like the next day they're throwing birds at the dog or shooting over the dog. And it's just like, I know you're excited, but just slow down a little bit. Take your time. Think about pros and cons of it. It's just like, okay, your puppy may be able to handle that. But the con is maybe it can't. And just you rushing it. To when before you know, okay, we're ready for that step, you may do a lot of harm in the training to come than what it's worth to take a seven week old pup out there and try and shoot over it. It's a good thing that people with a brand new dog are excited to get training, but if you start, if you put those things on a timeline, you would kind of realize, all right, I'm, I'm jumping way ahead of myself. I've got an eight month or a eight week old puppy or even a 16 week old puppy. And it's like, I need to introduce it to the gun. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't need to. Yeah. There's no rush for it. Yeah. You know, just go at the pace of the dog. And, uh, especially if it's your first one, take really slow down and, and take the time to get used to your dog. Cause if it's your first one, you can learn a lot more and be better prepared later on. If you take your time and really just pay attention to the dog and, and go at its pace. But it's hard, man. You get that hunting dog. It's like, man, I want to start doing this fun stuff. I want to start shooting birds. I want to start pointing. I want to start steadiness. And, yeah, it's just slow down. You'll get there. It's it's hard to hear. I didn't want to hear it on my first dog. Uh, but, yeah, it just you can't repeat it enough. Yep. So instead of repeating it again, <laughs> let's go to the next one. Uh this one, we all know that guy. We've seen it. Or woman. I, I, last week, I, I just said man on everything. But there a lot of women all do this stuff, too. So, uh, not trying to be sexist here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we've all seen that person. 
Don't ask for advice if you actually don't want to hear it. Yeah, that's that's pretty tough. Um, sometimes you got to, I know that I have to hear the advice and then maybe see somebody else screw it up before the advice makes sense to me. So that's tough. Uh, but yeah, if you're going to ask for advice, it can be very frustrating for someone that's giving you advice. You ask for the advice and then you disagree with it or just totally ignore it. You can kind of shy away someone that's more experienced than you pretty quickly. Yeah. Cause you're going to go, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to help that, that person anymore because they're not taking my advice at all. I'm not going to waste my time with them. Yeah. And you, you have that aspect of it. It's, I look at it as also some people don't mean to not take the advice. It's like somebody asks a question, you, you give them a response or somebody else gives them a response, whatever. And they go out there and it's like they may have heard your response, but they didn't listen to the response. And so they're not really actually trying to apply the advice that was given to them. And it's not so much like somebody will ask me a question. Um, I'll tell them flat out, like, look, I'm not an expert. I'll tell you what I think. You don't have to do it. So like when they don't do it, I don't get too upset, but it's like when you see somebody go and ask advice from one of the senior judges or a guy that's been doing it for 30 or 40 years and they give them a, a good good response and it's just like yes do this okay i'm gonna go out there and do that and then it's just like and then they don't go do and that. then they just don't do it they think they're doing it yes and and it's very hard because then they get really defensive and it's just like you did the exact opposite of what you're advised oh no i did it I, yeah. it's not working and it's like it's it's kind of like people need to actually like let it sink in for a little bit and, and just slow down in the field and apply what was actually advised to you. And then if somebody is like, hey, you didn't do what I advise you to, it's like, well, don't take offense to it. You you mentioned the, the guy that's been doing it for 30 years or something. I've noticed that those guys will give advice, and then when the person goes out and is not doing what they said, they just ask them sometimes, are you aware that you're not, yeah. what i just told yep. you to do very calmly because yeah. they've been through this so yep. many times and then it it solves the problem right either yeah. the person goes oh no i'm not i thought i was or they go yeah i really just and they give their own theory on how they're yeah. to train their dog and that experienced advisor just kind of disappears into the background well it's it's just like some people ask a question but already have their mind made up so it's like if you already have your mind made up on how you're going to handle a situation, why even ask the question? Because they want, they want affirm, they want affirmation on. Yeah, they're oh, looking. Yes, what I was thinking was correct. <laughs> yeah. But then when they're wrong, they're like, "Well, let me go ask somebody else." Until they get someone to go, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah. Yep. So this kind of goes into kind of what you're talking about at, at first on that one. Hear out and at least consider advice from the experienced trainers. So whether you go and ask questions or whether they just offer it, you need to at least hear them out at, you know, maybe ask like, okay, what's the thought process behind that? Yeah. I mean, you'd be, you'd be crazy not to hear out someone that's been doing it for 30 years or 20 years or even five or 10 years. If you're brand new into this and you're the, the overzealous guy that we just talked about a few minutes ago with the 
eight week old puppy that's wanting to start shooting birds or whatever, you probably need to like take a step back, look at this guy's been doing this for 30 years and he has dogs that are, you know, quote unquote finished dogs or whatever level he's got those dogs to. And he's telling you, you don't need to be into in a, in a rush. Yeah. You might want to take that advice. Yeah. And why, why don't people want to take that advice? What do you think? <laughs> like what, what is it that keeps people from well, just being it, bl- like they're blind? They, they can't, it's just general. You can't hear the advice. It's just general in life. A lot of people have a hard time admitting what they don't know. And it's kind of like everybody wants to feel like either they know everything or at least they have have a plan or the right track. And so it's just like sometimes we've all been there too where you're talking to a guy and they they mean well. But, you know, whether their outlook on training doesn't really fit your outlook on training or won't fit your dog or your style, you know, hear them out still. Don't just be like immediately, no, just what's the reasoning behind that? And then it's like, I've said it to people, be like, you know, that makes sense. I think I'm going to go another way. But at least you address it. And it's like you get another perspective almost. And so it kind of that affirmation that we were talking about a second ago. It's like if you have a plan and somebody offers you an, a, an alternative, at least hear them out because they may give you a much easier way of doing things than what you're, you had in your head. Some people just have to screw it up. And I'm, I'm <laughs> one of those people growing up, my dad or my grandpa could tell me, do not do this. This is going to be the result. I've done this before. I've made the same mistake, learn from my mistake. And then I'd have to go, I'd have to go do it. (laughs) Prove it. Yeah. Yeah. If you drive through that, you're going to get your truck stuck. No, I won't. You know, I I know more than you. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's, it's literally, I mean, that's probably a good analogy. It's, it's literally like a 16 year old telling a 50 year old, I know how to drive. (laughs) No, you don't, but okay, go ahead. Yeah. I have a learner's permit. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what, that's what a lot of the more senior guys do is, I'll give you my advice. I'll tell you that you're going to screw this up. And then if you're going to go on and do it your own way anyways, yeah, fine. I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. But I mean, you know, sometimes the advice truly doesn't fit what you want to do, but you still yeah. need to at least hear them out. And that's just more knowledge for you to put in the bank and use later. Maybe it doesn't apply to your dog this time. Maybe you go out there and it's just like my way isn't working. Maybe I should reconsider, but if you weren't actually like listening intently and, and trying to figure out the why you don't have that option later on down the road. Yep. So the next one, if you're an experienced trainer or handler and you see a first timer at a training day or just joining the group or whatever, don't avoid them and act like you're better than them or don't have time for them. So I think what we're just talking about is why some of the experienced people are probably a little standoffish. What I've noticed from doing this for a little bit is that guys like you and I that are, that are you know, a couple or a few years into it, we're the ones that want to help the new guys. We're like, oh, new guy, let's go help them because I for don't... better or worse, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want you to make all the mistakes I made, so please listen to everything I have to say. And... The guys that have been doing it for a while, they kind of like sit back almost and wait. And they're like, which ones are going to actually listen to what I say? Which ones are going to be serious? Which ones are going back for a while? Okay, yep. there's one. I'll help him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 
the more experienced guys, it's it's like yeah, they've they've seen it before. Guy shows up saying all the right things, wanting to get involved, and then it's just like okay, two months later, you never. Where is he? I don't see him. So why are they going to waste their time on it? But at the same time, I've seen and talked to a few people that they they go to a training day or join in on a group, and they just their social makeup's a little different, and they're not going to just come up and ask a bunch of questions. You know, they're, they're they they want to stand off a little bit, kind of see what it's about, and then make their mind up later, and. Then they go somewhere else to train their dog. And it's like, not to say that it's not a recruiting deal. You know, we're not a recruiter in the military. It's like, if you show up, it's just like, oh man, we have to keep them coming back. But (laughs) it's just like, you know, somebody like that, I was, I was that way. I went to the first few training days and I wasn't asking a bunch of questions. I was just kind of, let me feel this out, see what's going on here. I, I had a few people like you're saying a few years in trying to offer up and give me advice and everything. And I was, I was hearing them out, but it took me a few months to kind of warm up. And then, right. Then I started annoying the crap out of everybody. And they're like, man, what happened to that dude that just shut up and just showed up? Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, some people's social makeup is a little different. So it's like, they're not going to just show up and be like, let me get involved. Tell me, how do you do this? Why do you do that? How can I help? It's like they're going to stand off. So it's like if you go up to them and like, hey, what are you doing here? And just what's your goals? What are you working on with your dog? You know, how'd you find out about us? Uh, Yeah, let me help you out in the field. Don't offer, you know, you don't have to go into the whole spiel of how to train a dog immediately, but just kind of bring them in. And that also, usually if it's a very first time, time handler first dog they have no plan no idea how to even recognize what they need to work on with their dog you can help them kind of map that out a little bit yeah that's why they're there is to get help i mean whether they realize it or not they're Mm -hmm. they're there to get some help uh and it can be intimidating you know you pull up to your first day at navda and you're like how do i even go about this do i just go up to someone and say, Hey, I'm here to get some help. You know, you don't even know who to talk to really. Um, if you just show up. Yep. So yeah, it can be intimidating. Yeah. So if you're one of the more experienced guys, you know, don't let some of the bad nuts, uh, that kind of just in one ear out the other kind of callous you over from trying to help the other new people showing up, I guess. So move on to the next one. This one is a biggie. This one, annoys me a lot don't show up to training day or just a group session expecting someone to train your dog for you yeah i think sometimes again talking about the brand new person in avda might get the idea that that it's a a program where someone else is going to train your dog for you i pay a membership i show up train my dog right (laughs) yeah it's it's really a a a group it's like a a team effort and you kind of find who your mentor is going to be and and who you want to uh get up with and train during non-training days you know the the monthly training days that chapters have that i think there's more meet and greet that goes on than yeah much there's some dog training that goes on, but I don't think it's very productive. I think it's more 
meeting people and then going, yeah, let's, let's tell this person what we're doing on Thursday evening or, or whatever. Yeah. And let's get together and train with them. You find like-minded individuals, That's same right. stage, maybe break off into smaller subsections. Um, uh, yeah, that's just it. It's just the more I've gotten involved in the chapter, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm real big into the chapter. I, I help a lot of the puppy guys, especially like gun yeah. intro and bird intro and stuff like that. So it feels like I'm doing the same, same lessons over and over and over again at training day, which is fine. I love it. I enjoy it. Yep. But I leave the more experienced guys like because I've trained a couple utility dogs. It does not mean that I'm in the position to advise everybody on their utility level dogs. So I leave that to Larry and Norm and the other guys that have the experience. But every month you have that guy that shows up and it's just like, Hey, I bought birds. You know, here's my dog. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, nah, nah, man, like you come on out too. Like you're doing this. I'm going to, I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk you through the best I can, but you're doing this and you need to understand why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and then it's like some people it catches on and then other people you just don't see them again and it's just like well there goes 45 minutes but i try not to look at it that way because i've helped a lot of people that way to where it kind of gets them more involved it's like what we we're just talking about getting them out of the shadows a little bit and like hey get involved and you'll be better off for it you, you'll understand how to train your dog we're kind of essentially trying to train you to train the dog that's yeah and and there's going to be times that someone grabs a leash and says i told you to do this you (laughs) you think you're doing it but let me show you what i'm talking about with your dog watch out give me your dog but they're not just going to take your dog through an entire training session it's not it's not a pro trainer thing it's a it's a group yep exactly so the next one be ready when it's your turn. Yeah, I see a lot of time get wasted with transitioning from one dog in the field. That group comes out, and then it's like, who's next? Okay, five minutes has gone by. Ten minutes has <laughs> gone by. No one's planting birds yet. No one's yeah. putting birds in a bag yet. Yeah. You know, it should be a quick transition because I got to get home at some point. Yeah. And... These things take all day sometimes. Yeah. When, you, when you're talking about a training day with upwards of 30 people, 20, 30 people, and they all have dogs, some people with multiple dogs, everybody has birds, you need to, if, you, if you're next, you shouldn't be out in the field with the people going before you. You should be getting your birds ready. You should already have, know who's planting the birds for you getting your stuff in line and ready to go so that when those people are walking off the field, your bird planters out there planting right behind them. And then you're going and boom, boom, boom. And it's kind of like what you're just talking about. Unfortunately, a lot of training days aren't as productive as what they should be because it's like, they'll get wrapped up in a conversation. It happens, but it's like when somebody comes off the field and it's like, okay, who's next? And then it's just like, oh crap, my dog's 
up in the parking area. Let me go get them. Then they come down. Okay, where are your birds? Oh, crap. My bird bag's up. Can you hold my dog? Go get the bird bag. Then they come back down. It's like, who's planting your bird for you? Yeah, and it's just like, it's just very frustrating because it's like, you're not not just delaying you getting out in the field. You're delaying everybody behind you getting out in the field. Yeah, and you say training day. It makes me think of a NAVDA, like chapter-sponsored training day. But this is... You know, if the two of us and a few other guys go to train on a weekend, it's not a chapter-sponsored training day. You know, it's not the monthly thing. But I I still like for the same thing to be applied. Well, yeah, I mean... One guy stays back and puts a few birds in a bag. You put all the birds in a bag, you know, into separate bags at the beginning of the day, and that way you can transition quickly because we came there to train our dogs. We didn't come there to have a tailgate you know socialize afterwards yeah i mean yeah it's we all love the social hour talking yeah and talking that's why dogs we love and hunting stuff. yeah yeah but it's just like also realize that especially the people that that are there to really help and they're trying to help everybody it's like they're gonna be there all day some people just show up and leave <laughs> they're there all yeah. day and it's like all right they want to get home at some point too yep. uh this kind of also goes into into this previous point next one is have a plan okay so if you don't know what you're doing you need to ask questions from the more experienced people and figure out what your plan is yeah it's hard to have a plan if you're if you're at just level zero and and you don't know what's going on so we don't want to scare anyone away from showing up to a navda training day yeah um, cause you, you know, you might hear this and go, man, I got to have a plan. I, that's why I want to go. I want to develop a plan, no. get some help while you're there, get somebody to help you develop a plan. But, uh, I think what you're kind of getting at is having, a, have a, an end goal in mind for the day of like, here's what I'm working on. Yeah. You know, am I working on healing, steadiness, retrieving, pointing, whatever, whatever it is. Right. And then stick to it. Well, yeah, that that's the next point. Okay, but on yeah, <laughs> on this one, when whenever you, this is true, whether it's a training day or just a, a backyard session, you need to have a plan for every training session that you have with these dogs. It's not even just at these training days or a training group. If you're going in the backyard to work on basic obedience, you need to have a plan. You just winging it. It's like, okay, yeah, you might get a little bit of work, but you're not going to get as efficient work as possible. You're going out there with a mission. It's like, okay, I'm working on heel today. That's a plan. You know what you're working on. You know what, what step you're on. You know what you're going for. Same thing as when you go to the training day. We've, we've all been out there. It's like, all right, we got your birds planted. What are we working on today? Because, you know, do we need gunners? Do, are we using launchers? <laughs> are you hold, you know doing the check cord? What what level of steadiness? Yada yada yada. We need to know. And but we've all been out there to where it's like, all right, we got your birds planned. What are we doing? And guys, like, I mean, we're, we're you tell go, me. We're gonna go find <laughs> birds, and yeah. it's just like, well, this isn't gonna be very productive. Yeah. So you just you just need to have an objective for the training session. Ultimately, is what it is. If if you're wanting to be serious about accomplishing something with your dog, yes. But if someone wants to come out there 
plant three or four birds and you go, what are you working on? Oh, we're going to find birds and yeah. shoot them. I mean, your plan is just to have fun. That That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. And there's, so there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So that's, that's why I want to bring that up because that, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you, if you want to be serious about training your dog, yeah, then you need to have an objective for the yes. day and not, and your objective should be more than just, yeah, I'm just here to, you know, yep. you need a better why than that. Exactly. And so you kind of jumped ahead a second ago. So let's just go on into it. Stick to your plan. This may sound a little ridiculous to some people, but I'm telling you, when you when you train with enough people, you're going to see it to where somebody goes out there with their plan. I'm going to work steadiness, and if that dog, if we're working on steady to the shot or steady to release or whatever, and it breaks beforehand, you know, don't shoot the bird, whatever, and then in the process the dog goes out there and then they're like they shoot the bird and it's just like just in in the course of the actual action taking place they alter their plan yep in the spur of the moment and and it's that's why we say you have your plan you need to stick to your plan because then you you have no idea at the end whether your training method is actually working or not because you're constantly changing it this goes into the consistency portion that we always talk about on training yeah i'm gonna mince words with you a little bit i think rather than saying stick to the plan stick to the objective of what you're trying to accomplish okay be able to adapt your plan yeah so if you know you might want to change up your plan to accomplish your objective so don't be so stuck in like I am going out and I'm, I know what you mean, right? Yeah. So that's why I say I'm just mincing words <laughs> with you. Don't stick to, I'm going to go out, I'm going to plant four birds. And then at the end of the last bird, I'm putting the dog away. I like to have extra birds in the bag, for example, like right now I'm working on steadiness. So that's kind of why I bring that example up. Uh, so steadiness is the objective. The last weekend, my goal is to get one complete sequence yeah. It wasn't tied to a certain number of birds. We started out with three or four birds planted, and then the other ones were just going to be saved for later or sold to somebody or whatever. But then when things didn't go as planned, yeah, we kind of stopped and went, okay, here's my objective for the day. What do you think, you know, yeah. Larry, Nick, Norm, Jim? Yeah. <laughs> should I put another bird out right now? And it was like, so... We stuck to the objective of like working on steadiness, but it was like, nope, let's go put your dog up. Let's take a break and let's bring him back out because two of those people I just mentioned couldn't hit any birds. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's going to be specific scenarios in that to where it's just like, we've all been in training where it's just like, okay, that didn't go to plan. But like you said, it's the objective. If you're working on steadiness, you're not going to be in the middle of that and be like, you know what we're going to work on? Yeah. We're going to work on retrieving. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no, man, you you came out here with steadiness in mind. Concentrate on steadiness. Worry about retrieving later. Or vice versa. Like when you get to the point to where it's just like the entire full sequence, quote unquote, finished dog or utility dog. It's like it, it's all encompassing. It's like, okay, my ob- objective is to do the entire full sequence and that's what we're working on. So it's like, you just need your plan. You need your objective. You need your mission. Stick to it. 
certain scenarios in the middle of it, whatever it needs to be, um, you know, may need to alter how you react at a specific time, but your yeah. objective remains the same. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. Uh, this one, we kind of touched on it in the hunting episode last week, but it's very true in the training deal. Stop constantly hacking your dog. Yeah, we touched on that last week, but that's important enough that we can hit it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but from so from a training perspective, here's where it's different is hacking your dog when you're hunting is, you know, constant like, hey, hunt them up or, you know, it's frustrating when people are constantly talking to their dog while hunting. You know, if your dog is getting birdie, it doesn't need to be told to find the bird. Like it's check it out, buddy. It's trying to find the bird. Yeah. Hunt them up, hunt them up, hunt them up. Yeah. Just let it do its <laughs> thing. Right. Um, so training, I think, uh, specifically people can come down too hard on their dogs because of the objectives we're just talking about. I want to leave today with one complete sequence, you know, the dog steady. It, it retrieves the hand, all that. So, and I'm not going to be able to get out here with birds again until next weekend. So if this dog messes up, I'm coming down hard on it and like, and hacking at the dog, that might not be the right thing for that dog at that point. Yep. You know, sure. It needs corrected, but are you hacking the dog hard because you wanted to reach a certain goal that day? Or are you correcting at the right level? You know what yeah. I mean? No, that's that's all true. And also, there there's a certain aspect of this. You know, we've all seen the person trying to talk to another person that speaks another language. And yeah. instead of just being like, oh, they don't understand me. They what do they do? They start, voice. <laughs> they start speaking louder. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs are the same way. Like, if they don't know what, what you're trying to communicate it, you yelling it, over and over and over again if it didn't get it the first 10 times it's not going to get it the next 20 like just just understand <laughs> i remember that. my 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 grandpa speaking to someone that didn't speak english <laughs> and speaking really slow and my mom looked at him and goes he doesn't speak english <laughs> so that's yeah, yeah you're, it's a, you're it's the same on. thing so yeah i mean it kind of it kind of falls under all that so but yeah, so I mean, we touched on that last week, but yeah, it's the same thing in the training field. It's like, just stop yelling stuff that the dog doesn't understand what you're yelling yep. and you're out there training. You don't have to keep telling the dog to hunt them up, hunt them up, hunt them up. Yep. <laughs> uh, so moving on, this one's pretty quick. Be respectful of the other people's time in the field and keep your dog put up. So We've all been out oh, there to man. when you're out in the training field and somebody's dog is off leash and it messes up your training scenario and uh, not even just getting off the leash, but whining, barking, just distracting. And, it, and it's like there's some training that that can come in handy when yeah. you need a distraction. Distraction is good, but... but only at certain i want to control the distractions Distra as Distra much as i can distraction is good when you're practicing mm -hmm. there's a difference between training and practicing okay mm. so when you're training you're teaching you're, you're you're wanting the dog to learn and mm -hmm. and make strides when you're practicing it's just like okay you've learned this now, now you're getting reps now you're just getting reps you're mm. practicing this i guess i do that i've never thought of it that way yeah yeah that makes sense so but I mean, we, 
we've seen the dog break loose in the field or water, wherever, wherever you are. It doesn't matter. But it's like just having your dog down there at the field edge when mm-hmm. you have a dog just learning how to point first or something like that. Like it's we've all heard the person like my dog's going to learn by watching your dog point in the field. Yeah. <laughs> your face says it all right there. How do you audio record if your eyes rolling, right? <laughs> it's it's put your dog up if it's not your turn in the field. Now, there's some things when you're working backing, it's hard to work on backing or honoring without another dog in the field, but that's kind of pre-planned. Oh well, yeah. Uh if somebody wants a distraction, they'll ask for another dog. Like don't just bring your dog down there and interrupt the other person's time in the field because you want you feel bad about your dog in the in the crate. Well, we've hit on some of this. Some of these things we've already talked about revolve around structure of train, whether it's a training day, like a NAVDA chapter-sponsored training day, or if it's some guys and gals just going to train somewhere, there's structure to it. So show up put your collar on your dog, put it back in the kennel or, or show up with your dogs already collared and they're in the kennel and go talk to everyone and figure out what the plan is. Are we going to run the dogs for exercise first and then train? Or are we going to go straight into training? Who's training first? There shouldn't be any dogs out yet. So yeah. It frustrates me when I show up and I'm, I'm geared, I'm mentally geared towards, okay, let's, let's develop the plan and figure out what, wh- how we're going to, how we're going to get through this day. Yeah. And there's like a dog running around. It's like, yep. okay, we're not on the same page already. I'm trying to figure out who's going to get their dog out first and yours is already running yeah. around. How are we planting birds when your dog's in the middle of the field? Right. So just be considerate just because you feel guilty about your dog in the crate. Don't like, just get over it. Your dog's going to be in the crate. Like it just, there's nothing wrong with it. The yeah, dog there's nothing wrong with it. It's a great spot for it when it's not training. Yeah. And this kind of goes off off that about being respectful of other people's time and also kind of what we were talking about earlier. Be ready when it's your turn. Have your equipment ready. Okay. Some equipment you may not own and it may even be the chapters, but you need to have whatever gear that you're needing in the field whether it's launchers, um, blinds, decoys, whatever, you need to have it ready so that you're you're not holding everybody else up for half an hour just because, oh, I need my launcher. Let's turn it on. Oh, the battery's dead. Oh, crap. The remote's not working. Like, Get it ready and have it staged so that you can get out there and actually get the training knocked out, get, get it done. But if you're brand new at this, don't be discouraged by hearing us talk about people messing up, you know, dogs running around, you need to be ready. And we're like (laughs) harping on these things. You know, as we talk about this, I'm thinking, man, we're probably steering away the family that just got a German short hair because it's a cool looking dog. And then they're like, oh yeah, we should find some people to train with. You're not going to get scolded. Like yeah. you're not going to get spanked when you just for doing some of this stuff. And if you're brand new, we had to learn or, it. <laughs> yeah, like everyone knows you're brand new. You know, 
Yeah. Your vest isn't ripped to shreds yet. Like this is more, some you know, of this stuff is more, no for one's like, going to be hard on you. If you're the brand new person yeah. and you're like, uh, my stuff's not ready. So a lot of this stuff is more for the people that have been going to training That's for work. two or three training. years. And it's, it's like, it's, dude, yeah. you haven't learned this yet. Or do you just not care? Like, yeah. but yeah. So back to the equipment, it's, it also goes into, the guy that always shows up that's been coming to training day for two or three years. Mm-hmm. Hey man, do you have a bird bag? <laughs> hey man, do you have a check cord? Hey man, can I use that launcher? Hey man, do you have decoys? Like not everybody can buy all this stuff and it gets sure. expensive. And so it's kind of a, a crowdsourcing thing, but a bird bag, if you're doing this for two or three years, you're spending more on birds at these training days than what a bird bag costs. Yeah. You know, some of this stuff, it's like, yeah, not everybody can go buy a $300 launcher. Like, I kind of, I understand that. But, like, a check cord, a bird bag, like, if that's what you're using all the time, you need to have your own stuff. People leave stuff at home all the time, but it's just like, we all know those people that show up every month needing the same exact stuff. And it's just like... Yeah, after a while, it's like, all right, you need to buy your own stuff. But uh, Ken was really nice when I was getting into NAVDA. He's like, don't worry about buying bird bags yet. Don't buy launchers. That, you know, yeah. you can use mine. I know you just spent money on a dog. Like, just use my stuff and get your own when, when you can, yeah. you know. And so that helps out, too. So I'd say. But at this stage, you know, if you showed up to train with him and you didn't have anything (laughs) he'd be like bro when are you gonna get some bird bags (laughs) yeah uh and then also the same thing if if you are gonna borrow if you're just starting out and you don't have the bird bag or you know you just need to borrow whatever make sure you return it i'm sick of buying bird bags like everybody knows it i mean it doesn't matter how big you write your name on the bird bag you're you're gonna lose bird bags by letting people use it it's like if you borrow it return it it's yep. it's that simple the next one we're not going to go crazy into detail on this one because we're we're going to eventually do an episode on this one but e-collar okay all right first and foremost there's two ways of looking at this you got the person that frowns at the guy that says that i need to use an e-collar then you have the guys that frown at, at the other people saying that i don't use an e-collar Either way, don't judge the other person. <laughs> it's that simple. Some people like yeah. e-collars. Some people don't. And while your your way with the e-collar may be quicker, the other person may want to slowly build it up and just rock solid foundation. And it may take them longer to get there, but that's their prerogative. Like, and it's either way. It's not it's not your decision, so don't judge the other person for either wanting to use it or not using it. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, the majority of people use e-collars from what I've seen, so I always find it kind of interesting. When I see someone training without one, I'm like, ooh, let me pay attention to this and see yeah. how this works. And it is a slower process because, it, you know, an e-collar is kind of almost like a, shortcut almost well yeah what i was gonna say it's like a long leash it's not a check cord but you've it's like constantly being able to put your hands on that dog from any distance yeah you know as long as you can see that dog you can correct it if you've introduced the e-collar correctly so 
So it does make things shorter mm-hmm. because yeah. I don't need to, that it's a timing thing, right? But, if the dog's 15 yards away from me, I can correct it with my voice only yeah. without an e-collar yeah. and my body language. If it's, you know, if it can see me and stuff like that, but it, it may be shorter and used appropriately. You can, you can cover a lot of ground with an e-collar yeah. if you know what you're doing. But I've also seen, I'm not going to say all dogs that are taught without an e-collar. Mm-hmm. If it, let's uh, say a utility prize, one dog that was taught without an e-collar as opposed to with an e-collar, it's kind of like their foundation is a heck of a lot more solid on average than the one that was with the e-collar because the way I'm looking at it is like how many people have you seen be like, yeah, he'll do that with an e-collar on, but right. you take the e-collar off, it's – 50 50 yeah the person dog knows when his e-collar is not yeah not on and i mean i taught mine with an e i didn't teach them but i reinforced everything with an e-collar right and i still had to check it before we tested spent a couple weeks doing this stuff without an e-collar and there's a learning curve i mean it's just, and so it's like i'm not sitting here saying one way is better than the other but it's like the people that are like oh man you're you're a wimp for not wanting to use an e-collar or the other person like you don't know how to train a dog if you use an e-collar it's like just there's a million different ways to do this it's your it's your dog it's your choice leave the other person alone (laughs) i'm I'm not against either one i think it's just important to to respect each other's way of wanting to train exactly and another thing on an e-collar uh goes both ways here don't be that guy that's constantly just frying your dog. But then also don't be that guy if you're going to train with an e-collar that <laughs> is afraid to actually use the e-collar. Yeah. Especially if, you know, it's like kids. Both of my kids are respond differently to different things. With my daughter, I can, like, not even raise my voice, just show disappointment. <laughs> and it's like, that's it. That's all it takes, right? Um, and then with my son, it, it just takes a, a different backhand. No, it just takes a different, uh, approach, you know, um, they respond to things differently yeah. and each dog responds to things differently. So some dogs probably need more e-collar use than others. Yeah. I've seen some that if need you hit them a little, little too hard, they're coming and walking next to you for yeah. the rest of the day. And, and that like, they don't want to mess anything exactly. up again. And I've seen others and looking at the handler like dude hit the button yeah give me the remote like what's oh man the the (laughs) the remote's not working you have it on two okay turn it up yeah (laughs) yeah 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 it's some people are just afraid it's just like hey if you're gonna use the e-collar to reinforce this stuff right and, and make ground you need to actually use the e-collar sometimes. Yeah. But then there's some guys out there that it's just like, dude, your dog has no idea what you're just frying it for. Mm-hmm. So th- this is going to go more into detail. Like whenever we, we do an e-collar episode and there's a lot of resources out there for it, but it's just yeah. like, if you're getting into the e-collar, it can be, it can really help you and it can really hurt you. But it's just like, either way you, you just need to, be aware of the tool that you have in your hand. And that's what it is. It's a great tool. Yep. Uh, this one should be obvious. It's surprising how often we need to preach it. Offer to help. 
Yeah, it goes back to showing up and and thinking that someone's going to train your dog for you. Um, yeah, there's other work that goes into it. Someone's got to pick the birds up. Someone's got to put things away. Yeah, you know, chip in and help. try to take a step back and look at whatever everyone else does and see how you can contribute to the whole thing. And, and not just this also doesn't just go into making the day go smoother for everybody else. This is how you learn also. It's 90% of what I've learned in the years that I've been doing this has come from me helping other people in the field and seeing what they're doing, what works, what doesn't work. While we're in the field asking more experienced people, why are they doing that? What, what do you want out of this? What do you want out of that? You learn more. If you go to a training day, you can spend three hours in the field helping other people out and get to see numerous different dogs doing different things with different goals. Yep. If you're only going out in the field with your dog, you're out there for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Don't just finish doing what you're doing with your dog and then yeah. put your dog up and leave. Exactly. You know, there's things that need done. Like what I was talking about with helping, helping out with things, but also get back out there and see how other people train. And, yeah. and you learn more, doing that than you do training your own dog and so when you go in to help somebody else this is the next one you need to know their plan and ask the questions before the session actually starts so that you know clearly what you're actually supposed to do you're not out in the field and you either a mess it up because you you were too afraid to be like okay run that by me one more time or you're just standing there like what what did you want me to do like right just know what the the handler was wanting to do. Know what the objectives are before you get out there and get into it. Yep. And the next one, don't try and change their plan. <laughs> <laughs> this this one's hard to do sometimes, but yeah. Uh, so I've I've had that happen. You know, hey, what are you working on today? This. Oh, okay. Well, here's how everyone wants to share the way yeah. they did it, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I want people to share that with me beforehand yeah but in the middle of it don't try to train don't try to change my training technique in the very middle of it right, while it's right happening. in the middle of it if you yeah. want to tell me hey i'm working on steadiness this is going to be the first first lesson how do you plan to do it here's how i plan to do it well what i did was this okay thanks for your input i'm going to stick with my method yeah <laughs> and that's fine or i might go yeah, let me think about that. Somebody else go ahead and run their dog, and maybe yeah. I want to change it. But uh, I've seen you do that, and then yeah. and also me and you are kind of similar in this. It's like we'll go out there with somebody else's plan, and we're gonna pay attention, we're gonna see it, and then afterwards, just be like, "Hey, would you like some advice?" Like it's perfectly cool if you don't. Like doesn't matter to me. Like, but you're asking them after the fact. You're not in the middle of the field. Like, hey, why don't you just go do go over there and do that instead this time? Like, unless they ask you directly, don't try and change what they're doing in the middle of the the actual training session. Yeah, and it, as a handler, I I have to at some point if I'm getting too much input from everyone, you have to look at two people and go, hey, I'm I'm only going to listen to this other yeah. person right now. No offense, but three people giving different advice is not going to be productive. I'm going to listen to this guy right now and then let's I'd love to hear what you have to offer 
yep. when I'm done. You're drinking water from a fire hose. Yeah, and it can be overwhelming. So yeah. you don't want to be rude and be like, hey, shut up. But a, a nice way to say <laughs> it is right now I'm only listening to this guy. Yeah, so. pick one guy and roll yep. with it. Uh, next one, kind of a general one again, but uh, be consistent. Don't show up to every training day wanting to work on something new if you haven't fi- finished what you're working on before. Yeah, and there's if you're not making improvement in between those group training sessions, then you really can't move on to the next thing. Yeah. You know, you've you've got to hit you've got to get things to a certain level before you move on to the next. Yeah. It's those building blocks. It's just we all see the people that come there and it's just like uh, I want to start working on st- steadiness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, you know, have you taught woe yet? No, I haven't taught woe yet. Okay. Well, let's get going on woe. And you start trying to help them on woe. And the next month, I want to start working on steadiness. Okay. Well, how's the woe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not done with that yet, uh, but I, I, I just want to go ahead and start steadiness. I mean, okay. Like, but, you know, usually you need the woe to start working on steadiness. Not in every method, but right. you, get, you get the point you I'm making. I get the point you're making. Yeah. For sure. So, not to harp on that one anymore. This kind of goes into that, though. Uh, if you don't train or work your dog at home, then showing up to a monthly training day is not going to be a fix-all. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to people thinking that, a number one that getting together and training as a group is like someone's going to professionally train your dog. And with that people thinking that a professional trainer is a magician, like yeah, you can't just, I think a lot of professional trainers get problems, you know, here's this problem, fix it. So don't show up to train with your friends with problems. You got to work on those problems during the week. Yeah. And you know, for, for me, I live, in a neighborhood. So I, I have to get creative with ways to work on that. And yeah. I, st- I it's been a couple months that I was working steadiness and in the middle of hunting season, you know, it, it was right before hunting season. I started working it and then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to worry about hunting. But then when we wanted to get back into training mode, now that hunting season's winding down, you told me about doing stop to flush with bumpers. And at first I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. But then I thought, well, it makes sense. Dog sees something <laughs> flying in the air, it stops. Yep. Um, you can work stop to flush with bumpers in any Anywhere. size backyard. Yeah. And if you don't have a backyard, I guess just do it in your kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it's... <laughs> it, <laughs> That's an exaggeration. You, but. Can, you can get creative with this stuff, but yeah. I mean, like like your bumper scenario, it's just like, you can, you can start working on duck search inside the house if it's raining outside get a bone yeah get a bumper get a favorite toy go hide it start working on the set search dead fetch whatever your command is right and just make it more difficult start it yeah. out in the yard tr- move that into the water this is like people are like just because you don't have birds or you you don't have a duck a live duck on the water don't feel like you can't get anything worthwhile done and then yep. i'm sorry I have a six-year-old short hair that's already utility tested. She still needs obedience yard work every now and then mm-hmm. just to keep her tuned up. Yeah. Go outside, heal around, whoa, place, all that stuff. And the 
you know, the method you described about training duck search in your yard with bumpers or in your house with stuff. I mean, I didn't do it that way, but obviously it works. Yeah. I mean, both of your dogs do great duck searches and you've <laughs> done that with them. So people that hear that and are like, oh no, I'm know, only using live ducks. I'm only using live ducks or, you know, duck searches an extension of force fetch, whatever your theory is. Yeah. Like your theory's not wrong. Yeah. And yours no. isn't either. So the guy that says that you only, it's like, yeah, ideally. I mean, I, I would love to only use live ducks. Yeah. But not an option sometimes. Yep. So it's get creative and just know that you're not going to get to the end, the finish line by going to a training day once a month. It actually back to the stop to flush with bumper thing it actually sped things up because I had done some with birds and then he was actually steady for a lot of the bird encounters during hunting season. Yeah. Um, and then the, the stop to flood. I mean, I just noticed a big difference because it was more repetitions Yeah. and it transitioned a lot easier. Yeah. So it, you, know, you, you can get creative find with a, a way lot of to this put stuff. some work in in between those weekend sessions where yeah. you're actually going to be using live birds and stuff like that. And worst case scenario, you're just doing obedience in the yard. Yep. Who cares? It still gets the dog in the learning frame of mind, still builds on that bond. You, you still progress even if it's just something. If you don't have bumpers or you're in an apartment or something, heal around. Do something with the dog. Don't just say, oh, I'll get to it next training day. So, uh, almost done here. Uh, next one, this one, a lot of people, we've all been guilty of this to where some days training just doesn't go to plan. You start getting a little frustrated, a little angry. If you get mad in the session, I think so. It's, you're not doing yourself. You're not doing the dog any favors by powering through. And it's, and it is very difficult. And this is, this is one of the benefits of having a training partner is when they, if somebody knows you and they notice that you're getting mad, you're getting angry, you're, you're yelling when you usually don't. And the dog is, you know, ears pinned back. It's like, I just don't know what you want me to do. And you, again, you think that it's going to understand it by you yelling at it again, or hopefully you don't have the e-collar remote in your hand at that time. Right. Somebody stepping in and be like, "Hey, man, go put the dog up." We've all yeah, we've all done break, it, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I know me and you have told each other to do that before. Austin, I've told him do it, and vice versa. It's like sometimes you just need to you need that outsider perspective. Be like, "Hey, you're not getting anywhere this way." You know the like if you told if you said it to me that way, I would be defensive. <laughs> I would receive it better if if you said, "I think your dog needs a break." Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. "Yep, yeah, I think he does." All right, so next but, time I'll just say, "You need a break." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, come at me, <laughs> yeah. But I think we're all we can all be that way. Um, you know, it's like don't don't offend me, right? Yeah. Uh, if you can make it sound like I didn't do anything wrong, and then once I put the dog away, then tell me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, and it just, this kind of leads into the next one. It's like, you don't, it, don't get mad. It's supposed to be fun. Okay. Yep. And this isn't a competition. Don't get into comparing your dog to the other guy 
or your dog's performance isn't a measure of you as a person. So just try not to take it so personal and remember it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. You're out there training dogs. You're outside. It's supposed to be fun. If you're getting mad or angry, you're doing something wrong. Yep. And I think it go if you set if you set the bar too high, um, you're you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. You gotta have goals, you gotta have objectives for the day. But if things don't go as planned, you know, I know I've mentioned steadiness like six times, but the first session we did with steadiness, uh for steadiness with Mitchell, you know, I went through my plan. I'm like, yep, he's going to go on point. Someone else is going to flush the bird. I'm going to stop him. I'm going to use the e-collar. And and he just kept on rolling. Yep. And, I mean, I just died laughing. You know? I'm like, <laughs> what can I do? He's, yep. he's, he's running. I can keep yelling whoa and, like, keep shocking him. But he's not going to know what's, what it's for, yep. you know. So we just obviously need to. To go about this a little bit differently. <laughs> that didn't work so well. Let's try another way. And I kind of felt like everyone looked at me when when that happened and was like, Holy cow, man, he's about to he's about to be pissed. But I just yeah. I started laughing. I mean, yeah. why not? And I'm not always like that. No. I'm very so, seldom like that. Yeah. But I mean it, it's true. And it, I I was listening to another podcast, uh it was a week or two ago. I can't remember which one, but Craig Koshik was on it. He, he, yep. he just did the NABDA international meeting guest speaker type thing, I guess. Right. Written all kinds of books and everything and kind of just r- really a relatable guy. And he, he kind of said it best. It just kind of resonated with me. Training dogs is supposed to be fun. If you find yourself leaving training and you're not smiling most of the time, then you're in the wrong world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a good way to sum it up, man. Um, I've enjoyed this, Nick, and uh, see you guys next week. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again in a year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukanuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukanuba to help power their ultimate performance
Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.